Welcome to the Property Side Hustle Pod with host Paul Rose. This pod's all property but with no filter. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Property Side Hustle Show. I'm your host Paul and on today's pod we're going to dive into something I'm getting asked almost daily at the minute which is what should I be doing during lockdown if I'm a property sourcer. <clears throat> so we'll give you some advice on what you can be doing whilst you're staying safe at home to ensure your business is not just stagnating and going nowhere. Now the bottom line is you cannot just sit and wait for this to all blow over binge watching Netflix documentaries, as fun as that might be. You know there's so much you can be doing and getting on with. Um, Another thing we'll take a look at on this podcast is what sort of opportunities will await us after lockdown ends in terms of deals and situations people are going to find themselves in. So before we get busy with all that, I just want to catch up a little. It has been a while since the last podcast was released, and that's 100% my fault. I've just been so incredibly busy, to be quite honest, and creating new content on our deal packaging course for our students, as well as restructuring our education offering to offer even more value for money, especially at this time. So at the moment, we sell um, a range of strategy-specific courses like deal packaging or rent-to-rent, system sales, etc. But we're going to be moving away from that in the very near future, in around about mid-May. Um, and we're going to be offering a complete whole package rather than individual courses. And the whole package is going to cover pretty much everything, but for one low price. Um, reason we're doing that is pretty much it's just easier from a business perspective. Only having one package to market, um, it's it's just easier. It saves a lot of time. Um, it saves saves a lot of money. It keeps the costs low, and that way we can pass on the benefits. Uh, and maximise the value that, that people like yourself are going to get. Um, I also have a brand new website coming relatively soon with loads more features, as the current one is really pretty basic and crap, to be quite honest. Um, it serves a purpose, but that's about it. I literally threw it together in a couple of hours, and it's kind of not changed since. Um, <clears throat> I've also been busy filming new content for my YouTube channel, and it's always a battle as I hate being in front of the camera. You know, talk about comfort zones in property. You need to push yourself out, you know, outside your comfort zone. Being in front of the camera is not my favourite thing. You know, I'm not a salesman. I'm not a natural in front of the camera by any stretch of the imagination. Um, funny story, actually. I remember a few years ago filming a video and I was filming at home one weekend. So I took myself away from the family and began to film take after take after take after take. It was agonising to the point where I was tripping over one particular word, which was statistics. I can say it now. Um, you know, I just couldn't say it for the, for the, for the life of me. I just could not say it and get me, get me words out. I kept tripping over this one word. And when I did uh, manage to say it, and I got out, I'd be thinking, yes, I've done it. And then I'd mess it up somewhere else. So, um, you know, it was literally, I think, looking, thinking back, it, it, I think it was meant to be something like a five, ten minute video, and it literally took me, no, no word of a lie, two hours. I must have been up there for two hours trying to get this thing done. You know, um, 
and I'm there. My wife said to me when I came back downstairs, "What the hell have you been doing up there, filming Avatar?" <laughs> you know, you're taking your own from this bloody video. Literally lost the will to live. Um, yeah, I remember cracking open a few beers and calming myself down. <laughs> so yeah, filming YouTube content um, is, as you can imagine, a bit of a nightmare for me. Having said that, it has gotten a little easier since I filmed Avatar 2 a few years back now. So anyway, let's get started with today's podcast. So what should you be doing during lockdown if you're a property sourcer or just starting out as a property sourcer? Well, obviously you're restricted at the minute with pretty much being on lockdown and not being allowed outside your home. <clears throat> food shopping of course and daily exercise but you can be getting um getting busy and getting creative so creating content that your potential clients slash investors are going to be interested in so if you're continually blogging and putting out videos on youtube or elsewhere and, and offering valuable content and that's the key it's going to be valuable content and this is going to attract investors towards you now, attracting an investor is just the start of that relationship. You have to try and keep them engaged. So make sure you are engaging with your investors and that and that, that content is quality. Um, now let's just take a step back a minute. So if you've got no investors and you're just starting out, then you need to concentrate on building your list, basically, of investors with, with worthwhile, um, worthwhile investor clients. And right now is the perfect time to focus your efforts on getting this done so how do you start to build a list of investors during lockdown like i said create valuable content if you only source in one area then write about that area what makes it special why should an investor invest in that area what makes one area better than another nearby you know, this type of content will be massively interesting to anybody looking to invest in that area. Think about it from the investor's point of view. What would they want to know? What would be interesting to them? You know, if you get busy creating these blogs or videos or both or whatever it is, whatever, whatever means you want to do, then, then you're sharing it on social media and you put it out there. You should have people entering your investor funnel. So let me try and explain what that might look like. So the investor sees you advertising maybe a free PDF guide on why they should invest in a certain area. And they click on your social media post or advert and, and land on your landing page. Now a landing page is essentially a one-page website that is designed to take some contact information. So typically a name and an email address in return for a free guide or a free bit of information. And you can use MailChimp, um, MailChimp for free to do this. So you can create a landing page for free on MailChimp. Uh, it's really simple, just drag and drop. Take a look on YouTube on how to set up a landing page using MailChimp. You, trust me, you do not have to be a tech expert to do this. It's, it's really simple. So now you have them on your list. So you've got your investor on your list. They have their name and email address so you can keep them warm, keep the investor warm by pinging them email content um, and you know links to videos and things if you're producing video content, links to your YouTube channel, links to whatever, 
when you feed a blog, etc., etc. You just keep them warm by giving them more valuable content. And it's important to keep it valuable. Think about, like I said, what they would want to hear or want to read. And make sure you serve their needs and keep them interested. And don't expect an instant return on this investment, which is your time in creating this content. Don't expect instant returns. Don't expect instant gratification. That's not what this is going to be. It's a long, long game. This is a case of them being exposed, the investors being exposed to you, them being exposed to what you like, how knowledgeable you are. And I'm sure you've heard that before, you know, people buy or even reach out to you, but or before people buy or even reach out to you, they're going to want to know who you are, like who you are, like what you're about and trust you. And that's the point of creating all this content. This will come from your content over a period of time. And the best thing is, once you create that content, it's out there forever working its magic. So you might only ever create, you know, 10 videos and stick them on YouTube. Those 10 videos are going to sit on YouTube. And, you know, if you've got a landing page or, you know, a call to action and you're funneling those people who are watching those videos into some sort of funnel, then you're going to generate business from that over and over and over again. And yet, you've only actually created that video once. So while it may seem like, you know, a lot of work initially, you know, the payoff comes further down the line. Um, at the minute, come on, let's be honest, we all have more time on our hands, so there really is no excuse. If you're a sourcer and you're thinking you can't do anything until lockdown ends, you would be crazy not to focus on building your list. And maintaining those investor relationships with valuable content. You know, imagine it being June, July, August, maybe, um, and you still have no investors on your list. Imagine you not taking this opportunity right now while you've got time to get busy and take some necessary action. Put the remote down, peel yourself off the sofa, step away from Netflix, um, you know, and stop, stop creating some content. As a source of your investors, at the end of the day, what makes your business work? So investors really should be your main focus right now. Not deals, not properties. Get a group of investors together and keep them warm. Create that content. You know, you only need three, five, ten investors. And turn those, those investors into relationships. You know, remember, while this is list building, your focus should be relationship building. Or you know, garnering that relationship, make you know, building, building on what what you what you um, the investor lead, so to speak, and have them know I can trust you. And when lockdown is over, uh, it, it will be over at some point. We hope when lockdown is over and we start getting back to normal life, you know, who are those investors going to be working with? Who are they going to be contacting? Because they've been sat there, they're sat at home as well. You know, they've been sat there watching you and looking at your content and reading your content. Now is the time to take that, that opportunity. So if you're thinking, what what can you be doing during lockdown? You can be doing plenty. Another question I'm getting a lot of lately is what types of opportunities will there be for sources and investors when we all get back to some sort of normality and we can venture out again? <clears throat> I've seen lots of people saying there's going to be lots of people in trouble and you can sweep in, take advantage. And whilst that is 
unfortunately true. The message here is surely to help these people and offer them solutions that work. Now, I'm not a big fan, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I'm really not a big fan of the We Buy Any House Brigade. Now, I find that this type of marketing is negative connotations these days. People see it, you know, Joe Bloggs on the street, it doesn't know anything about property strategies. They see that and they think, someone's going to offer me 20% below market value or, or, you know, even more than that. <clears throat> it's just a lazy tactic. And many see this style of marketing as preying on the vulnerable who have nowhere else left to turn. Um, you know, I'm just really not a fan of that. And I've always seen, to be quite honest, being a property sourcer as being a problem solver for vendors. But doing the right thing should be a given, really. But not making a fast book off somebody who's in a vulnerable position. There's going to be a lot of that, I think, moving forward throughout, throughout this year, especially when you know, things start getting back to back to normal normality. But one of my students, uh, just, um, he's a exper very experienced investor himself, has a fantastic email signature. And at the bottom of his email, I noticed the other day, it poses the question, have you got a problem property or a property problem? Either way, we can help. And it's a brilliant tagline. It just, it, that's it in a nutshell. Have you got a problem property or a property problem? Either way, we can help. I thought that was brilliant. Um, you know, I have always looked at, just getting back to it, I've always looked at property sourcing as two things. Firstly, you solve the vendor's property problems. And secondly, you help find investors the right opportunities for them. That's about everybody involved getting what they need. The end result is, at the end of the day, you get paid your sourcing fee, your finder's fee, whatever you want to call it. So make sure when opportunities arise, that you are the good egg. And the motivation is to help the vendor as well as serving your investors' needs if you're not taking the deal yourself. So what about property market conditions in the summer and beyond? I've been thinking about this a lot and reading a lot of reports and kind of seeing people's different um, opinions on it. And do you know what? I honestly don't see there being a big crash in the market. At worst, maybe a 10 to 15% correction initially. Um, and the reason for this is, is simple. In the UK, we have a huge supply and demand problem. We have them for, for many years. There are simply not enough properties to go around. We have continually, as a nation, failed to build enough new homes every year for over a decade. And the lockdown will have exacerbated that problem. There's no doubt about it. I know we're getting back to some level of construction now, but it's still going to be, you know, that knock-on effect. Not enough houses are being built. Um, you know, think of it this way, regardless of how many homes we have not built, we all need somewhere to live. And rental demand will remain high and, and demand for good quality homes will remain high. Now, the, at the end of the day, the government will have to formulate a plan to help kickstart the economy and get us all you know, back up and running again. And I, I really don't see the interest rate increasing for many months. So from an investment point of view, property is by far the better option for investors when compared to having money in the bank earning you nothing. So people who've got money out there to spend who are looking to invest, they're going to be busy buying properties. 
they're going to be busy investing. Investors will will you know take advantage of the market having that 10 percent, 15 percent depression. Um, you know, and investors will, will will be busy after this. There's no no doubt about that whatsoever. You know, that's the bottom line. Investors will invest, banks will lend, and they will have to be at competitive rents too to ensure they do lend and do kickstart themselves back into life. You know, can you imagine another bank bailout? Really? You know, it, it won't go down well, especially with many people having unfortunately lost their jobs in the past couple of months and many businesses going bust. You know, there's not a day goes by where you don't hear. You know something you just literally sat there shaking your head at the news you know yesterday with british airways making twelve thousand people redundant you've got richard branson asking for a bank bailout for virgin atlantic now these are huge institutional businesses huge businesses and obviously the travel industry in the news uh almost service accommodation uh you know people are really struggling and i think the banks will be looking to get the money flowing um, is what I was trying to say, and lending just as soon as they can to kickstart themselves and kind of kick kickstart the, the the economy. So in terms of the actual property market itself, while it will be tough due to the unprecedented uncertainty, you know the banks will ultimately want to lend. You know renters will need to rent. We all need somewhere to live. You know vendors who need to move on for various reasons will be plentiful after lockdown unfortunately you know imagine all those broken chains from stall housing transactions that were in the works when lockdown was announced you know i know a lot went through and i know you know certain um, lenders are accepting a desktop valuations rather than somebody actually going out to the property now which is just crazy we're living in crazy times but um, yeah it's you know deals and opportunities will be there but unless you have this is the key. Unless you have the strategic knowledge, you are going to miss out being able to help people through this time. You know, it's a strange scenario and it's one none of us could have prepared for. Um, we certainly weren't prepared for it as a country, but you know, many have fallen foul um, in the once booming strategy winter and service accommodation. So, you know, a lot of people are panicking. Who are involved in service service accommodation, especially rent to rent service accommodation. You know, it's um, tough times, and I think people will reassess how they approach property. You know, which strategy works for them, etc., and how they'll you know they'll look to have that bit more in the way of security in the future. You know, maybe diversify and not just be a one trick pony and just put all the eggs in one basket. Rent guarantee on all your tenants after the coronavirus will definitely be enticing but as most people know with these things it can be difficult to obtain rent guarantee products on certain tenants unless you are dealing with an a grade tenant who checks out perfectly um you know it can be tough rent to rent i think will still be an effective strategy um as it was before but people may well give rent to rent sa a wide berth especially if there's a risk of the second wave of the coronavirus or you know until an effective vaccine is uh, is out there it's people are going to be a little bit wary i think about certain certain strategies and i think rent to rent sa definitely one of them i think a lot of these people selling rent to rent sa courses 
I'm going to uh, quietly stop marketing those and market a different type of course. I'm sure you'll see that. Um, there's no doubt about it. So strange times call for strange measures. So how about a break from the property and some Netflix recommendations? <laughs> um, I know we need to keep busy and stay focused and that's kind of what this podcast has all been about. But we all need that downtime to switch off and recharge the batteries. Um, you know, and that may sound daft because we're all sat at home, uh, or most of us are anyway. Uh, but, you know, it can, it can get a little bit monotonous. So I've seen lots of people asking for Netflix or box set recommendations or social media. So here are mine for you this week. So first one, you've most likely watched this one already, but if you haven't, you need to disappear down this rabbit hole. Um, Tiger King with Joe Exotic. It's on Netflix. It's literally the craziest documentary I've ever watched in my life. Um, it's hard to explain, but I'll try and give it a bash. <clears throat> it follows a few different people who have their own big cat zoos, so, you know, tigers, lions, etc. And one guy in particular, Joe Exotic, it was literally indescribable. Um, I don't even know where to start with that guy, but it's safe to say there is a competitive edge between these big cat zoos. And a lot of the time it strays into some quite dark territory, shall we say. You, know, you just need to watch this. If you haven't watched it already, it's absolutely bonkers, but captivating. Definitely want a binge watch. Um, the first couple of episodes, actually, I found a bit, a bit difficult to watch. I watched the first one and it was a couple of days before I watched the second one. It's like, eh, can take it or leave it. Honestly, stick with it. It gets better as it goes on. It just gets more and more crazy as it goes on as well. So at the end, you're thinking, wow, that was nuts. Um, so if you want to disappear and forget about the world for a few hours, um, then Tiger King, highly recommended. Second one, you may not be a football fan, but I don't think you have to be, to be quite honest with this one. Sunderland Till I Die is available on Netflix and there are two seasons now to binge watch. And it follows the inner workings of a football club. It's a behind-the-scenes documentary, but to say that it kind of undersells it is awesome. I'm not a Sunderland fan. I'm a huge Liverpool fan, as some of you may know, but this documentary had me hooked. And my wife and daughter, neither of them like football. In fact, they hate football, detest football. Hate it when I've got it on the TV, when there's a big game on. But they watched the whole thing. And when I say that whole thing, I mean the whole two seasons. And um, I think it took up one whole Sunday. Um, yeah, I was quite impressed we got through two seasons in one day. It was literally like from 10 in the morning to late at night. Um, but they watched the whole thing with me. And my wife was even threatening to go and watch Sunderland when lockdown is over. So we have had words, but... In the- if you're missing football um, and you're a football fan, then this is pretty special. But if you're not a football fan, you know what? I think you'll find it quite interesting. It's really quite good. Um, third on the list, and last on the list, this one's on Sky. Um, and it's been going for, I think, six or seven seasons. The new season actually just started last week um, on Sky. And it's probably one of my all-time favourite box sets. It's so well-written. Um, and unlike a lot of American box sets, it, it hasn't gotten silly as the seasons have gone by. 
more and more. A lot of the, a lot of the American ones it starts off really strong. You go, oh, I absolutely love watching this, and then the, the writing just goes off, off on a tangent, and you're thinking, what the hell's going on? It do, it hasn't done that so far. Where I think the seven seasons in, um, it's called the Blacklist. So the Blacklist is the story of one of America's most wanted criminals. So this guy, he cuts a deal with the FBI to act as an informant and he helps them catch all the high-profile criminals on the most wanted blacklist. The main character is actually played by James Spader, who you may have heard of, you might remember. And I guarantee you, you will love the character. He's intelligent, funny, deviant, all rolled into one, just awesome. So give that, a, give that a watch if you haven't already, um, The Blacklist. And that's that's something you can really binge on, because like I say, it's on Sky. Um, I think it's like, uh, season seven has literally just started, uh, just last week. So that wraps up this slightly different episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. And please, please, please help me out by giving us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called these days. Um, also make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes and if you're interested in getting yourself a property education from the comfort of your own home during lockdown then check out our courses they're affordable um, we offer free support as well free content updates you get all sorts of value um, so yeah check out our website which is www.psnproperty.co.uk that's psnproperty.co.uk. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Join me on the next one very soon. And until then, take care and take it easy.